Okay, glad all of you are here. Um, it's an unprecedented beginning of a different time for our church, for sure, for all churches, um, at least in our uh, part of the world, and I think in many parts uh, of the world. Um, I said it this way to our staff. We were, a week ago, uh, a church with a primary uh, gathering on the weekend with a good online presence, and now we have become an online church um, with a small gathering presence, and we don't know how long that's going to be, but um, the good news is we were prepared for it. We had invested over the last 10 years uh, to be able to um, have the equipment, have the people, have the know-how, have the presence, and honestly, um, it took uh, a staff, a very creative and hardworking staff, to get it all done, but uh, we are well positioned to be successful in this time, and I don't say that in a boastful way, it's just the truth of the matter. And then one other thing that I wanted to throw out to, uh, to you, to bring maybe a little bit of peace to your heart right now, when you think about what's going on and, and how could this catch us all uh, by surprise like this. <clears throat> Something that the Lord showed me that I thought was just really, really good, was that if you'll remember, right before uh, this uh, started here in the U.S., we as a staff had been fasting for our church, and uh, we just had we had had a retreat where we felt like the Lord had spoke to us about fasting for breakthrough. If you remember, that's what we called it. And so we were fasting for breakthrough for our church. And breakthrough, we let it be whatever it needed to be to each person. Because if you asked each person what they need to do, that's where they needed a breakthrough at. So the staff literally was just fasting for a week prior to all of this happening. We fasted for a week for our church for breakthrough. And then the very next week this happens. And to be honest, um, you know, the mind... Um, can get in the way sometimes when it's not being renewed by what, what God is saying. And so I was asking the question, God, how could we fast and how could we spend that time and how could we just feel like the presence of God was so moving? And then the very next week, this outbreak of this coronavirus and we're just like uh, stalled and stopped and the things we wanted to see happen. Uh, and then I really felt like the Lord said to me, it was I, because it was coming and because it was happening, it didn't catch me by surprise. And I prepared you as a staff so that you could prepare the church to be praying for them and to position them. And man, hearing that just gave me such peace. So I just want to say to all of you right now, we're just like, what is going on and why is this happening to us? And, you know, is, is God in control Absolutely, and I just gave you the proof that before this, he prepared us spiritually. We are all well positioned to be able to do this. And by the way, I just want you to know, I peaked, I read the end of the story, and coronavirus does not win. Jesus wins. That's what happens. And if you're in Jesus, that means you win too. So find peace uh, in that right there and hold on uh, to that. So uh, a couple of things just to... Um, to kind of, kind of set our, uh, our, our weekend off in the right way. Um, something interesting that I heard from Bill Johnson at Bethel, uh, he used as an illustration, and he said that um, uh, when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, and you remember that 40-year time period from leaving Egypt 
till going into the promised land. What should have taken two weeks took 40 years um, because of disobedience and having to get. uh, It it wasn't so much getting the children of Israel out of Egypt. It was getting Egypt uh, out of the children of Israel. So that when they went into God's promise, they didn't bring in that old uh, mindset and that old lifestyle and those old ways with them. Um, But this is what God did. If you remember that in the heat of the day, right, God manifested uh, as a cloud, um, a covering to uh, keep them from the sun and to protect and to, to guide them. And then at nighttime, when it was cold and it was dark, he manifested uh, as a fire, a pillar of fire, to lead them and to warm them and to give them light. And so the illustration, I thought this was just brilliant. The illustration was that God's manifested presence is the opposite Uh, of what the environment is. The manifested presence of God is opposite of what the environment is in order to protect his people. So what would God's manifested presence be during this time of COVID-19, this coronavirus, that if the outbreak is sickness and God is the opposite of the environment, then God is providing a covering of healing and protection and watching over us right now. And so as his children, man, we gather underneath that covering right there. And that's where you place yourself in this time. Know that he is that covering for us. And I believe it's an unprecedented time where what really should be happening right now is an outbreak. Like in my, in my lifetime, we've never had a greater opportunity as the church to move into healing, to move into revival, to move into a time where God can break forth. It's not church as usual anymore, and we can't do anything about it, and that's what's great. You can't choose to, to just be uh, church as usual right now, right? Uh, Jesus said where two or three are gathered in my name, uh, maybe our motto would be where two or three are gathered, but not more than ten. Uh, it's, it's all good. So um, bottom line, man, we, we're good, and we're going to, to be okay. And are there ups and downs with this and tough days? Yes, uh, undeniably. But life, Jesus himself said, in this world, you will have trouble, but fear not, I've overcome the world. So here's, here's our message um, as we move into this time. And by the way, just to say this to you, um, uh, everything is moving to, obviously, online. If you have not downloaded the app, download the app. The notes, um, I'm doing a daily devotion, and the staff is also doing uh, a daily devotion. So there's one in the morning and one in the evening that we're going to be doing. Uh, I've already got uh, three of them uh, into it, and they're coming through the app. If you have not downloaded the app, you need to do that because that's how we're leading the church right now. And I would say this to you um, just, just as, we're, as we're talking about these things. Everything is having to move to more of a digital uh, type of a situation. So jfc.org uh, is a way to stay in contact with what's going on. Uh, we all know that we have Easter coming up. What are we going to do about that? So we're, we're talking, we're planning Nothing decided for sure yet, but one of the ideas might be uh, if, if, if this is um, doable for our people is that um, we, we, we don't postpone the resurrection because the resurrection's already happened. But maybe we postpone 
how we celebrate the resurrection by waiting until we can all get back together again to celebrate it. And we hold off until we get to that point. Now, that's undecided right now, but uh, certainly it's a thought and it's an idea. And by the way, I look so forward to that moment where we all gather back together again. But in the meantime, we're in spirit together and, and, and we walk in that. So um, download uh, the app if you don't have it. I think it will be uh, to you a guide and a, a, a good friend to you during this time. I really do. Download the app, please. Please get that. Um, and so uh, our, our message then during this time, we kind of scrapped what we were talking about and thinking about doing in order just to move into uh, to where we are in space and time. So we're titling uh, this series during this time, and I, I don't know. We'll let the Lord, the Holy Spirit, just speak to us about this, but we're going to call it Unshakable. And it comes from this scripture in uh, Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verse 25 to 29. Uh, Paul writes, see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. Talking about the Lord. Don't refuse him uh, when he's speaking. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth and now he has promised, once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. Listen carefully. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. That is created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. So I just want to kind of step into that place, into that moment. Yes, things are shaking right now. We see it in our economy. We see it in uh, our health care. We see it in how uh, business is run, commerce is run, church is run right now. Things are shaking, no question. But God himself says he is shaking what can be shaken so that what remains will never be shaken. And I want you to realize right now when these things are going on, of course they're uncomfortable. But every great move of God has always been an uncomfortable situation, an inconvenient time. For instance, the birth of Jesus did not come when it was convenient. There was no room at the inn. And they had to find room in a manger for him. But uh, what does that tell us? God doesn't seem to be too choosy about where he shows up. So it could be this moment, this time, and this place in my mind for God to show up in our world and do something unprecedented. So the idea of unshakable, what can be shaken is being shaken and removed so that what remains can never be shaken and never removed, eternal things. So that's where we'll jump in. So let me give you just kind of looking at the situation uh, over the past couple of weeks and looking forward a little bit. Here's, here's two things right off the bat that I'm seeing right now. Uh, here's, here's two things that are being shaken. The first one, uh, the illusion. If you want to write it down in the notes, the illusion of stability. Illusion of stability. I think we all live, uh, honestly, if you think about this, we all live with, um, with an illusion that everything is stable, that everything is solid, and that nothing can instantly change. And then suddenly, when things get shaken... And things change almost instantly and overnight and so rapidly. 
We realize that uh, the truth of the matter is, man, um, things, things that appear to be like that, that'll never change. That'll always be that way. Uh, we'll never be able to do anything about that. Suddenly we realize it's just an illusion of stability, an illusion of stability. Uh, governments around the world that seem to be so entrenched, uh, governments that are brutal to their people, that hinder uh, the gospel of Christ from going forward. We think it will never change because it's been like that for decades or it's been like that for a century or more. And the truth of the matter is overnight they can change, man. And God can knock them down and suddenly the things that were, were shakable are revealed to be shakable. And what's unshakable remains in that place. So in our place right now, things are shaking and we're, 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 what is going on? It's taking away the things that appear to be stable that we're putting our trust in. But in reality, they're not what we should be putting our trust in. It's the things that remain that we put our trust in. All of us, it's a human need and desire for security and trust. Um, that need and desire in all of us for security and trust, it's, it's God-developed. Uh, uh, it's it's God-created. It's God-designed. But the thing that's supposed to fill that need for trust and security is God. And what we do as humans, when we don't fill it with God, we try to fill it with other things, uh, political things or financial things or even relational things, people. And we, we try to fill and find security and meaning and stability in those things. And then we find that all of a sudden when, when the earth shakes and things change, all those things that we trust in, they, they can be shaken and they're removed. And so that's what causes us to feel so unstable. We've tried to put in our place of stability and security things that can be shaken. And I believe that God allows these things to happen so that we turn back to him and say we must build our lives on the thing that cannot be shaken. So when stability is shaken, here's what I know to be true and you're experiencing it right now. When stability is shaken, what do people do? They panic. And so if, if, have you been to the grocery store? Have you been to King Soup's uh, this last week, week and a half? Have you been to Safeway? Uh, have you been to Costco or Sam's? Have you tried to buy toilet paper? And by the way, I do not get that one. People panic and hoard toilet paper. If this was a bowel disease, um, I, I understand it. But it's a respiratory disease. Why are they not hoarding primatine mist? Wouldn't that seem to be the one that you would hoard right now. I, what is it about toilet? Is it just that like I've, I've got to fill this need in my life with toilet paper? That to me would seem to be something that could be shaken. And um, yes, anyway, I don't understand that one. But when, when stability is shaken, the proof of stability being shaken is that people panic. When the thing that they've counted on and trusted in is no longer uh, able to be trusted in or able to be a, a place of security, people panic. Uh, this, this is happening right now. Um, I saw this in Colorado Springs, but uh, I, I also uh, investigated it for myself, and, it, and it's true. Right now, people are buying guns and ammunition in an unprecedented uh, way so that if you buy a firearm, they do a background check on you. Uh, normally, that background check takes about 15, 20, 25, 30 minutes is a long time to wait for the background check to be done 
before you can purchase the firearm. And right now, so many people are purchasing firearms and ammunition that it's taking a week uh, for the background check to be done. When I checked earlier uh, this week, there were 7,500 people uh, waiting to have their background check done. And normally in a day, it might be 25, 30, 40, 50 people in a day. So what is that about right now? People are trying to fill right now with things they think this will give me security or this will give me defense. And uh, I, I, my point just simply is this. It's not uh, pro-gun or anti-gun. It's just that you can see that when things get shaken, people panic. And so they're trying to turn to things for protection uh, right now. Store shelves, you know, uh, these background checks, uh, just, it's, it's just uh, crazy, the panic that's going on. Um, we had uh, a thing happen to us this week that kind of fits into this illusion of stability. Uh, we redid our, uh, our downstairs area in our house this year, and one of the things that we did, Chris designed um, a new place where the fireplace and the television went. And so we had this uh, nice television that we bought, and because it was tile where everything was going into, we had to buy a particular kind of mount for the television to go on. It wasn't your typical mount. And um, we, we didn't, because it was tile, we didn't allow for any type of sound bar or anything to be put in. I just thought that the speakers that were built into the television would be sufficient. So um, we get this whole thing done, and it's beautiful, and we install everything. And then um, we, you know, we, we're trying to watch television, and because the speakers are so insufficient uh, and not, not good speakers, we have to turn it up so loud to be able to hear the television that you can't even have a conversation in any other part of the house. So we decided... Let's, let's try to put a sound bar in, and we didn't want to drill through the tile, so we're trying to wedge it. And I know that sounds so silly, and now it's, it is so stupid. Hindsight is twenty twenty. But her and I were trying to move the TV out and slip a sound bar behind it, and because we had this, uh, this different type of a mount, the TV slipped off of it, crashes to the ground, uh, destroys this beautiful television that we had just bought. I, I mean, destroyed it. Uh, it. It messes up and dents our wood floor that we just put in. And the only reason I'm even throwing this out to you is that we have these illusions of stability that when they get moved, even just a little bit, everything can come crashing down. It can just boom. And it's, it's, you, you think to yourself, how could this happen? Because you trusted in something that you thought was stable, and it really isn't. So I'm just throwing this out that right now what you're seeing is the removing of the illusion of stability. We all live with this illusion that things are they're stable, stable, stable. And because it can go on for a long period of time, uh, Donnie, it can go on for, for, for a generation. It can go on in our lifetime. Uh, where we think this will never change. But then suddenly, that's why it's unprecedented right now, Jay. Chris, it's unprecedented because we, we suddenly see that in our lifetime, in our generation, everything overnight has changed. Everything will be different for your children. Everything will be different for our grandchildren. Everything will be different now, uh, Donnie, in how we are doing worship. Everything is different. Overnight, it's different. And yet, 
The things that are unshakable stay the same, don't they? God's presence and God's power and God's life, it's just as good as it ever was. All right, uh, here's the second one if you want to write it in. Let me give you the real definition of disaster, right? Uh, Right now, you're watching daily um, our government try to define what they're doing to to address this issue of COVID-19. And I think they're doing everything that they possibly can do. Uh, Maybe maybe finally... um, our government can unite over an issue instead of divide over an issue and do the right thing for the people. Uh, a government for the people and by the people, right? That's, maybe that's what comes out of this. But the real definition of disaster is not a disaster. It's what happens after the disaster. And Jesus taught us this in Matthew chapter 7, uh, 24 through 27. Listen to this. Therefore... Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And then he teaches this. The rain came down, the streams rose up, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. The opposite is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand or on things that look to be stable but turn out not to be stable. And the same thing that happened to the man who built his house on the rock now happens to the man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose up, And the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash, Jesus says. Not just a crash, but a great crash. And so when I read that, I wrote this little saying, that the real definition of disaster is not a disaster, but it's the result of a disaster for a person who has not built their life on stability and solidness of Jesus Christ. Right now, what we're seeing happen in our world is people who have built their life on a financial system that they thought could not change, betting that the market will always produce a certain return of investment. And by the way, I'm not saying that it's not smart to invest, but I'm saying if you've built your life, your your whole life and the premise of stability on things that can change, Suddenly, when, the, when the, the rain comes and the stream rise and the wind blows, all of a sudden it's going to test the foundation. And if the foundation is an illusion of stability, Jesus says, great will be the crash. So imagine what people are going through right now who have built their life on instability, on the, even believers who love Jesus and the ticket of their, their passport is stamped heaven, but their life here on earth They built it on things that are shaking and changeable so that right now, man, the real disaster, the definition of a real disaster is the disaster after the disaster. It's Jesus even said for the one who builds their their house, their life on the rock and the one who builds it on the sand, they have the same thing happen. At times, the rain comes and the streams rise and the wind blows, but it's the result after the disaster that's the real disaster. If you built your life in the right way on Jesus, 
then you can survive the disaster. But if you built your life on things that change and they're not steady, then the real disaster is the disaster after the disaster. That's what we're facing right now. That's what's going on. That's, that's what's dividing uh, what's in the house right now. It's how you've built your life, what you've built it on. So let me, let me speak to this, right? I, I get that those are heavy things. So let me speak to the opportunities that this moment in time is providing for us. It's unprecedented, right? First of all, here's two things that I am doing. Maybe you'd like to practice these things. I have an anxiety journal. An anxiety journal, right? You cannot go through these types of days and events and times and not be tempted or not uh, find yourself having some level of anxiety. So I have a counselor that I meet with uh, for, um, <laughs> uh, not for problems. I meet with him uh, uh, a couple of times a month just to keep everything running the right way, to make sure he's, he's a believer and to make sure that I'm thinking the right way and, and just to do what Jesus said, to have uh, accountability in your life and other people who, who have wisdom, you know, through the multitude of counselors is wisdom. So this counselor of mine um, said this to me about anxiety. He, he said, this is his quote, when you write it down, you take away anxiety's power. When you write it down, you take away anxiety's power. So I have a little journal that I'm actually keeping, an anxiety journal. And for 15 minutes a day, I will write down the thing that is making me anxious. And I'll just, I'll just write down what that thing is. And then I give it to God, close the book, and then I'm done with being anxious for the day. I don't go back to it. I, I, I acknowledge the fact that there's some things to be anxious about. I write them down to take the power away from it. I give it to God, and then I'm done with it for the rest of the day. The rest of the, 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 the time is not spent worrying and, and giving myself to that. I acknowledged it. I wrote it down. I gave it to God, and I removed the power from it. Uh, learning to manage the anxiety versus giving into the anxiety is absolutely critical, and it's important. These are anxious times. Jesus said that about end-time events. It will be anxious times. But what we do with the anxiety is critical. Don't give into it. Don't, don't live your life by looking at... In fact, I'll, I'll just say it this way. Last weekend, uh, Psalms 91, I asked you, begin your day with Psalms 91, end your day with Psalms 91. How many of you have been doing that? Because if your source of what's going on in this world and how things are going to turn out is the media and the media alone... You, um, <laughs> uh, the anxiety that you feel and the, the place that you're putting yourself in, you're doing it to yourself. You're, it's it's self-prescribed harm when the only source of information is the media. Let this be the medium that you get your rule from and your life from. Start your day with this End your day with this. Let everything else that the world is doing filter through what God said. Don't let the media be the thing that directs you. Let the medium of God's word be the thing that you build your life on. 
So the opportunities in this moment, man, um, deal with the anxiety. Let me give you this one. Be willing to help people right now. I have never in my life as a pastor for over 30 years found more opportunity to be helping uh, people right now. And they're all over the place. I'll give you a few of them just because I'm excited about this. And I want to give you maybe an opportunity uh, to to help us um, with some of the things that we're doing. So like I spent my week this week working with... um, People over the age of 70, not my whole week, but part of my week, working with people over the age of 70 who are at risk for being exposed to this disease and what would happen to them. So simple things like uh, they need to go shopping. I've, I've just been running to the store for different people over the age of 70, doing the shopping and bringing it back to them. And the joy that it brings them and the joy that it brings me in just serving people. Katie and I, on Monday of this last week, went to a restaurant. And you know that the governor uh, issued the, uh, you know, the closing of public places for the most part. So we were the last uh, couple that was served in a restaurant that we walked into over at Aspen Grove. And uh, we literally, we walked into the restaurant and they locked the door behind us and said, you are the final customer that we will serve for we don't know how long. So we sat down and the waitress began to, to, to wait on us and serve. And I looked at her and I know the Holy Spirit told me, ask her how she is. And so in the middle of her spiel about what to eat and where dinner is, I just said, hey, I have a question for you. She thought I was going to ask about the menu. And I said, how are you doing? How are you going to be doing? How is this this season affecting you? God is my witness. She bursts into tears, begins to cry just in front of everybody, and tells us about three children that she has at home. Her husband is in graduate school. This is their source of Uh, income right now. They don't know what they're going to do. And I'm just sitting there listening to it. And I know if I'll just be bold right now, if I'll just step into the moment and give a reason for the hope in my life, I can make a difference in her heart. And so I just said to her, Jesus sent us to tell you it's going to be okay. We're here because he loves you and he knows where you are and he cares for you. And she's just crying. So Katie and I, we pray over her. Then she goes back to wherever they go and out comes the manager to the table thanking us for helping his employee. So we just take the shot to tell him about Jesus. Then he goes away And another waitress comes over to the table because she needs ministry. So we got three people that we're ministering for and praying over. And then the Lord told us, I want you to to do something. Don't Don't just pray for them. I want you to put a little action behind this and give them. Uh, some money, give some money. So I, we did two things. We took some of your money and we took some of our money and we combined the two things together and we gave an offering to this waitress that went to uh, three or four different waitresses who needed a boost. So they're all just weeping and crying and Jesus is glorified. And this is not to make me look good because I'm just the medium that God used. It's how to make our God look awesome in the face of the things going on around us. I had to take my car in for service yesterday. And the guy that, uh, that is helping me with the car, uh, he just opens his life and he says this to me. I was getting married next month. 
And now it's all being postponed. And he was a golfer, so we kind of connected on that. And while I'm sitting there talking to them, uh, he just says this. I was going to have a bachelor party down in Arizona, and I was going to go golfing, and then we were going to get married. And now I don't know what's going to happen, and my whole life is just thrown up in the air, and I, I don't know what's going what's to go on. And I know when I'm sitting there, I'm hearing the Holy Spirit tell me, opportunity, opportunity. So uh, interestingly enough, I had done a wedding a couple of summers ago for uh, a, a couple, a family in this church that I love, the Brown Rigs. I just love them. And um, they had blessed me. They gave me an honorarium for doing um, the, the wedding for them. And then they, because I'm a golfer and they're golfers, uh, Brittany gave me a... Um, a, a, a golf certificate for uh, Raccoon Creek Golf Course. And it was, um, a, you know, a, a gift certificate to be able to go over there and to, to play. And I had held on to that certificate. I just not had the opportunity to go over to that part of town and play golf for the last couple of years. Um, I just held on to that certificate. So when the guy told me this, uh, I take the rental that they gave me. I'm driving home, and the Lord says, here's what I want you to do. Give him his bachelor party. Give him this gift card to Raccoon Creek and tell him that I care about his wedding. Tell, tell him that, that I am in the middle of everything that's going on and that he's not going through his life and through this universe by himself, that I love him and that I'm on his side and that I believe in him. That's what God told me. Tell him that I believe in him. So when I went back to pick my car up, I had the little gift certificate, the little gift card in my pocket, and he gives me the spiel about here's what we did to your car, and I get it all paid for, and then I just, I just simply said to him, hey, um, I'm a pastor. You told me your story about getting married and not being able to do it. I did a wedding a couple of years ago. Uh, I had this really neat thing happen for me, and I just want you to know that, that God sent me to, to do something for you that you don't need to do anything else except receive it. So I pull the gift certificate out and I just say, hey man, here, here's this gift certificate. I want to give you uh, your bachelor party. Take your friends golfing. Uh, it's not Arizona, but it's Colorado. And honestly, it's better in the summertime anyway. And enjoy this right here. And the guy's just flabbergasted. And then this is what he says to me. He goes, I'm not sure that I believe in God. That's what he says. Ah! And I go... It's okay. God believes in you. And the dude is just like, I mean, literally, he could not get out of his chair. So I just stand up and I just said, listen, I won't tell you his name. Uh, I just said, I will be praying for you. I just want you to know God believes in you. God is alive right now. And God wants your attention, man. And just turned and walked away. Just giving, just to be a witness for God. And I know, I, I know these are extravagant examples. I know that you can't go through life just like, like doing this for everybody. I know that. But isn't it just like our God at a time when everybody's hoarding and everybody's afraid? Isn't it like our God to say, be a light and be a blessing and give during this time? And I told the Lord when I was driving home yesterday, I said, you know, if you put it into my hands, you know it'll go right through my hands. God, you know that. I don't need to say this to you. But if you want to use this time to be more of a light and to be more of a beacon of generosity in a place where we can minister to people who, who are shaken and who are, are, uh, uh, who are afraid right now. So by the way, I used my resources to do these things. 
But what about the opportunity to help people who are going to lose their job right now or, or who aren't going to be able to, to know where their next meal is coming from? That is happening right now. Can we be a church who, who doesn't turn people away but says yes to them? And so I want to challenge you, man. I want to be bold right now. This is a time where you might be thinking, I, I need to hold on to, to my money. I need to hold on to my resource. I don't know what's going to happen. Don't build your life that way. Build your life on the eternal principle. Uh, the, the one that says there are those who gather and end up with nothing, and yet there are those who give away and gain it all. Those are the people that we want to be. And so I want to challenge you right now. If you want to be part of a church that's able to say yes and to minister and be a light in the darkness and help people, man, give, boldly give to your church right now. We will not be wasteful. We, we will not be, I hope you don't take what I'm saying in the wrong sense and in the wrong tense, but let's be that light. And I want to challenge you right now. Don't be a hoarder. Be generous and break the curse of this thing. JFC.org slash give. That's, that's through the app where it says give, you can give today. And I want to challenge you, if what we're doing ministers to you and brings life to you and brings hope to you, help us multiply it. And, and by the way, uh, if you don't think that this can be a time of multiplication, let me give you one more thing that God did that's just so cool. Yesterday, I got an invitation to speak on KOA next Saturday, and here was the invitation. Come and preach the gospel. Say what you want to say. Pastor, you don't have to hold back. The text is this, um, or the context is this. How is the coronavirus affecting people of faith and affecting the church? Oh, what an opportunity. So next Saturday, the 28th, at 5.37 p.m., write it down. Saturday, the 28th, 5.37 p.m., 850 KOA, 94.1 FM. So 8.50 a.m., 94.1 FM, 5.37 p.m. next Saturday the 28th, I will be the only pastor that is invited to talk about how this virus is affecting the church and affecting people of faith. And I pray for me. I want to take this opportunity to tell people how to build their lives and let them know, yes, it's difficult. I, I'm, I'm not selling some smoke and mirrors. It's, it's difficult times. But our God is greater. Uh, Isaiah says he measures the width of the universe with the palm of his hand. And that same hand holds us in it and says that no one can snatch us from there. Let's be that church. Let's rise up, man. Let's move into this moment. Let's take advantage of what's going on. Let's be unshakable. Unshakable. That's where my heart is and my life is. And I, I want to challenge you right now. And I know I'm bold. There's just something that's that's risen up on me in the last year, that's just, it's made me so bold. And I, it's, maybe it's for such a time as this. It's for this moment. But I'm talking to you right now. Whether you're, you're sitting in your living room, you're in your office, you're in your car, you're flying someplace. Maybe you feel isolated right now and afraid right now. Maybe you've even put together 10 people to listen to the message. However you hear this message, I want to challenge you right now Build your life on what is unshakable. Make sure that the way you're living your life is on unshakable things. 
And if things are being shaken and taken away, then the Bible says to rejoice ultimately. Rejoice. Not in the shaking, but that in what remains will be unshakable, eternal things. We are eternal people living out an experience in this body. We're, we're not physical people, right, who only live and die in this 70 plus years, whatever it is. We're eternal. And our minds get set on eternal things and on things of the earth. What an opportunity to be the light and to be the church right now. And I just challenge you with this. Uh, look, there's a shelf life. There's a shelf life on saying yes to God. Don't sit there and be moved and then not do something with this. Be bold. Open your mouth. Give. Be a part of something that is strategic. Build right now on solid things. There's a shelf life on this church. There's a shelf life on it. Move on it now. Man, I challenge you with that in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, just thank you for the opportunity to preach and to teach and to tell people the good news. And it is good news. It's not bad news. This virus doesn't win. The end of the earth is not this. Father, you hold all of it in your hands. You tell us you hold us in your hands and no one can snatch us from there. And yes, physical things can be shaken and they will be shaken. Jesus said in this world you will have trouble, but fear not, I've overcome this world. So we do recognize there is a reality and there is a nuance to how we have to live right now and how we have to manage right now. But at the same time, uh, Lord, we're not tied just to the things of this earth. We, we are tied to you. You, God, call us to be overcomers, to build our lives on eternal things. So church, I just pray for you right now. And, and I, I realize we're, we're not technically in the same room and yet we're in the same room right now. So I'm just speaking to you. If this affects you, if this touches you, if you find yourself things being shaken right now and you're unsure what tomorrow is going to be, if the enemy is having a field day with your emotions and fear is becoming a companion, I, my definition for fear right now is when you allow the devil to write the story about your future. Because if you let him do that, he will take away all hope and leave you with nothing but a fearful future. And we've got to remember right now that God said, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans for good, not evil. To bring you a future and a hope. So God has a future for you, but not just you'll survive. He has a hopeful future for you. So I want to challenge you. If, if fear is just having a field day with you, in the name of Jesus right now, make a stand against it. Make a stand against it. Don't let this thing just, just run away with your life. Build your life on eternal things. If you just say, Pastor, man, that's me and I need your prayer right now. It's just open your heart to this. I know you're not sitting in the same room, but wherever you hear this message, open your heart right now and receive. Receive right now strength. And receive right now grace. And receive right now true stability and receive right now God's goodness and his mercy receive right now his love 
if you listen to this message outside of a relationship with Jesus. Man, today is the day of salvation. Don't harden your heart and turn away from God. Say yes to Him right now. Say yes to Him right now. Say yes to Him right now. And I pray it in the name given under heaven by which these things are possible. His name is Jesus. Amen and amen. Download the app. I will be talking to you every day, uh, encouraging you, just, um, just bringing the hope of the gospel to you, man. Just remember, we win. When it's all said and done, we win. Amen.